walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle Bird. How's everybody doing today? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing peachy. Hope everybody's week is going swimmingly so far. But if not, fear not, because uh, Daddy is here. Okay. The, the Apron Bump Podcast is here to um, hopefully cure those ailments of whatever's going on in your week. Because uh, Progress Chapter 26, the show we are covering today. Uh, there's a few things on this show that uh, are probably worse than whatever you're going through. <laughs> so, uh, but progress. I mean, look, these shows, this era, great era of wrestling, great shows from progress. And this one's no different. We got a lot of great wrestling on this show. It's a, kind of a weird time for progress, though, because even though I don't know a lot of what happens after this, um, my guest on this show, for one, but other people as well have kind of let me know that. This era is kind of a transition period for progress. And it's funny how like kind of how wrestling overall kind of treats these transition periods. Cause like last week covered Royal Rumble 2003. You could argue that WWE was still in a transition period at that point as well. Um, so we get a, progress's take on it. You got a lot of people that are like going off to like Will Ospreay, for example, huge fixture in progress up to this point is uh, going on to Japan. I and mean, we, all, we all know the the mark that Osprey would make and is still making on Japan. So you got that. You got you know, people going to NXT. You got like, your, your Prince Devitt's going to NXT. You got like Mark Andrews going to TNA. You got a lot of people coming in and out. So a lot of new faces on this show. Uh, new faces to progress at this point, but they are faces that we see on WWE programming on a weekly basis and AEW for that matter. Um, so kind of a fun time capsule this episode was, but a lot of good wrestling. It's, I mean, a lot of variety on the show too, because I mean, of course you got the good wrestling. Like you got the main event, which is Marty Skrull, the new champion who just defeated Will Ospreay at the last chapter. Uh, you got Marty Skrull defending his progress championship against Mark Haskins. And a, a belter of a match. Awesome stuff. And then you got like the really gritty stuff, the no knee pads, like kind of stuff with uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Jack Gallagher as well. You also got some mixed tag action. You got some women on the show, which is arguably the best match of the card. And, and then you got, you know, a match with a gimp, uh, a can of whipped cream, Lots of bear asses and uh, Mr. Kako. So uh, <laughs> lots of variety for better or worse on this show. But we got a lot to get into and we have a fun time talking about it. Who is we? Well, I brought on one of my favorite podcasts on British wrestling. The T and Tights Wrestling Podcast returning to the show this time. Andy coming on to represent for the boys at the T and T P T T P uh, the TN tights wrestling podcast. Oh, they cover a lot of like European wrestling. So your, your current day progress, WXW rev pro, all that stuff. They also get into, you know, the major news, the worldwide news of the major, you know, your WWE's, your AEW's, all that stuff. They do interviews too. So again, just like this show, 
chapter 26, you get a lot of variety from the TN Titans, and they got a lot of new content coming out very soon. Um, so be sure to jump on the train. Go check out the TN Titans Wrestling Podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as YouTube, I'll put all of their info in the description, as always. Really entertaining podcasts. I, I tell them, I don't know if I was, if we were recording when I told them this, but they're, they're my go-to when I need, like, when I want to just hear about, like, what's going on in the, you know, European wrestling scene. They're my go-to, and uh, they're a pleasure, as always, to bring on, because, you know, last time I covered progress, I, you know, sometimes I bring in, like, Americans that don't know what they're getting into, and then sometimes... I bring in the experts to reel me in a little bit, but we have a good old time talking about some old school British wrestling. So with that, I've babbled enough. Uh, Wait, no, I haven't. First of all, apron bump on all the social medias. Go follow me. Go follow the YouTube. Subscribe if you're not already. Give this video a like. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. What's your favorite um, British cuisine? I hope to see a lot of fish and chips in the comments. Um, but hey, if you're just jumping in cold or maybe you're like, hey, I'm going to give Progress Wrestling a shot and you want to hear me recap with a variety of guests. You want to hear me recap every chapter up until now, one through 26. Go to apronbump.com and you can go to the episodes tab and you could filter down to any era or promotion that I cover and you could filter down to Progress Wrestling. And that'll bring you to all of the progress wrestling chapters that I've covered. Like I said, number one through 26 so far. And then binge away, daddy. Look, I'm learning just like you guys are learning. And um, I'm learning what a rent boy is. I'm learning, uh, you know, soccer references, geography. I mean, you get it all here on the apron bump. Why would you listen to anything else, really? But but, uh, but you're not listening to anything else, right? You, you, you wouldn't do that to me. Progress Wrestling, Chapter 26, with myself and Andy from the Tea and Tights podcast. I don't know if you're doing like announcing stuff or because you, you, you do like backstage announcing and interviews and stuff with uh, local promotions. Uh, Big Daddy Dan has kind of become the full force wrestling uh, ring announcer, which is fantastic. It's, it's actually something he wanted to do long before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, having that done was absolutely excellent. We also got the chance to do a commentary for Phenomenal Elite Wrestling, which was uh, an incredible experience to be able to provide a commentary for a local promotion. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think both of them were seen by like good, good couple of thousand people so uh Ooh. good fun yeah comment commentate on any uh jack sex smith matches <sighs> uh, <laughs> do we have to talk about okay as soon as i let's just say this card did have quite a few people who maybe be seen as a bit of, uh and uh yeah. we can talk about yeah sex smith was certainly one of them and yeah uh, yeah this because all all these like older progress shows you, you always have that right but i feel like this mm. card in particular felt more dense with those people but i mean we'll get into it yeah <laughs> some of the matches maybe didn't age well we'll just put it that way indeed uh, and they're in a transitional period right now because they lost uh you know no more mark davis on the card no more eddie dennis no more will osprey no more zach saber jr no more jimmy havoc because they've all gone mm-hmm. off to do uh, some big time things, and one thing we also see with this card is a lot of the projo, the uh, the academy students from the uh, they set up their own uh, academy at this time, and you can see a lot of the academy students trying to push through at this uh, during this period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you said, um, I noticed that too. There's no Will Osprey on this show. That's the first time that's happened in quite a while. Um, just lost the progress title, the last chapter. So mm. and I, I, at this point, I mean, he's all over the place. He's probably in the States too. So I, I imagine his dedication to progress is probably going to slowly kind of decrease, but um, yeah, I think right now for him, it would have been super juniors. It would have been his first time doing mm. the, the NJPW super juniors. Right. Cause I think that's really where I first saw Will Ospreay was in Japan. In my mm. mind, he's like the Japan guy. So I imagine, yeah, that's that's going to be his main focus going forward here. But uh, I, I, I know he comes back to progress here and now, but um, 
but yeah, lots of uh, lots of Projo guys on this show. Lots of lots of debuts. Mm. So interesting new faces, interesting faces that I've seen before, but not in this uh, environment. But um, overall, before we dive into the matches, chapter 26, what do you think of it? Overall, I actually watched it one time. I've watched it twice. Uh, I, I watched it when you were first asked uh, me to come on the show for grab and watch and i watched it again recently and the nice. second time round, i enjoyed it a bit more than i did the first time i don't really? know it didn't quite hit the first time but the second time when you look back at some of it the variety in particular the fact that every match was something different and uh something we'll definitely get onto as we uh talk about each sort of like type of match i guess mm-hmm. yeah i would agree it's it's not the best uh, show that I've seen for progress so far, but I mean, none of them are bad. I mean, it was a solid mm. show for sure. And like you said, it's a, it's a transition era. So lots of lots of things getting started, a lot of seeds getting planted, lots of, you know, storylines that are kind of in the middle. But I feel like we're, we're culminating to other stuff here. But um, so but it opens up chapter 26. We got a, a four way tag team match. So just throwing a bunch of people out there right away. <laughs> Yeah. So we got the uh, they did the debut of Joe Coffee in progress, uh, teaming with Damian O'Connor or Big Damo for anyone uh, unaware, um, versus the Dazzler team. The debut of this team as well, the team of Daryl Allen and Earl Black Jr. versus the team of Sweet Jesus, the team of Chuck Mambo and Pastor William Ever versus the Origin. Represented here by Dave Mastiff and Zach Gibson. So we got a lot of a lot of a lot of names in this match. Anything in particular stick out to you among the people that are in this match? It was great to see Coffee get a huge reception. Uh, you know his debut, yeah. but you, the fans all knew who he was. Uh, I think we, we should have mentioned. Obviously, this is actually their first time in Manchester as well. It's actually the second time, oh, in, Manchester. Second time in Manchester. Yes, so the first time was Chapter 24. So it's still a very new uh, premise for them, but yeah. But uh, yeah, so but you can see the crowd knew exactly who Joe Coffey was, and they, and they all started the Iron Man uh, chant. Right. And it was your typical eight-man tag. The, the Zach Gibson and Dave Mastiff was a bit of an odd pair in... The fact that both of them joined Origin was always a bit weird. Yeah, I was going to ask, were Joe Coffey and and Damian O'Connor, were they a prevalent tag team, or is this like just the first time they've been slapped together? I'm sure they probably tagged together at some point, but I can't say they were an out-and-out tag team elsewhere. Yeah, where where was Joe Coffey? Because, I mean, he hasn't appeared on Progress yet, So, but the crowd clearly knew who he was. I mean, he probably got the biggest pop out of all these guys. Where, Where was he, like, wrestling mainly at this point, if you remember? Uh, so he would have been over in ICW at Scotland, uh, coming through okay. uh, underneath the Wolfgangs and the Drew Galloways, and right. But uh, he certainly had a lot of uh, prospect. Uh, he's a big lad. Uh, I think he was a former oh, yeah. rugby player as well, so he spent a little bit of time, and he got into wrestling due to uh, his old brother Mark Coffey. Obviously, Gallas now on NXT. Uh, mm-hmm. Good to see that there. Uh, still doing good i think i think so yeah uh, but, uh zach gibson always just makes me think of the most wasted <laughs> he is so talented in everything he does and so is, are are him and james drake are they gone from wwe or are they not because i keep seeing them on nxt i don't know if they've like taped episodes or what but i'm a so little confused on that five full reported their release Oh, no, so uh-huh. reported they asked for their release, and I think then Meltzer said they got given their release, but obviously that's not been the case, I assume, because right. they have been working. And I just want... that. I'm just... With Aussie Open being in such a position that they're in right now, I can imagine GYV versus the Aussie Open once again, Oof. because when you get to about Chapter 50, when they, when they had an incredible rivalry... And uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to see that spark up on the main stage that it deserves. For sure. Yeah, I love GYV. Hopefully they get uh, get some shine somewhere. But um, and yeah, the Dazzler team. So I've seen Daryl Allen before. I'm more familiar with him and his team with RJ Singh back in the very early days of progress. I was about and- to ask, is this his third tag team? Um, what was the second other than RJ Singh? 
wasn't it the geezers alongside uh dying um, something maybe that's a later sebastian and uh I can't think of the other guy's name, but if, if that is a thing, I don't know if maybe he joins up with them later. Maybe. Um, but I've only seen him with RJ Singh and he was like just, you know, a plucky baby face early on. I was very surprised to see this being like a heel team is what it seemed like to me, at least. Mm. I don't I'm not too familiar on Earl Black Jr., but yeah, it was a very odd. Like I was fully expecting like like a, you know, rah, 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 baby face team to come out there. But they have this like ominous music and everybody's booing them. So. So he's become oh. the head trainer at Progress now with Jimmy Havoc moving on. I think mm. him and RJ sort of like become the head trainers. So the whole gimmick okay. switch was to say, I can be a trainer because I'm a great wrestler. So he ditches his high flying and he starts to show more of a British technical wrestling style. Yeah. Okay. I can get, so, I can get behind that, especially with like Will Ospreay and guys like that getting over, like doing the high flying stuff just so well. Mm. Um, I can see him. I can see a, a, a style switch being beneficial to him for sure. Uh, and Sweet Jesus. I, I've seen a handful of Sweet Jesus matches. They had an awesome match against SDS a few chapters ago. So I'm all for those guys. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chuck Mambo and Bill Ever? So these are two of the guys that we're seeing coming from the uh, Projo kind of graduation and uh chuck is so he's so skinny i mean he's still quite actually <laughs> small now but uh right. he, he's actually put on weight since then and of course him and tk cooper the sunshine machine are just an amazing tag team now uh the fans really get behind chuck Mambo to begin with but mm-hmm. progress never really pull a trigger on him right Not until more recently with sunshine machine uh, William Eva, he has a really good run, uh, and I won't spoil anything, but yeah, he has a, a good run to come, and eventually he is, because he tried to stick up for somebody else, he doesn't, he's kind of blackballed now as well. <laughs> mm, there's a little bit of that on, on the rest of this card too, we'll get to that, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but like you said, it's a good match. I mean, by nature, I mean, there's eight guys in here. It's going to break down eventually. Some fun, t- f- f- some fun uh, double team stuff. You got uh, Sweet Jesus doing like, so Chuck Mambo has somebody in a surfboard and then he like transitions into a suplex from Ever. Um, you got the origin just being shitty heels in the corner. They keep rejecting tags in the beginning. Uh, but then Joe Coffey gets a hot tag. And I mean, the crowd is all for the Iron Man, Joe Coffey, <laughs> which is just a, he's like the exact same guy. just has an Iron Man mask when he comes out. Um, does a, a butterfly swing. So it like has a butterfly lock and just swings the guy around and then gets two other guys and does a combination airplane spin with a giant swing. And then you got Damo, his partner getting in there with uh, a double follow a slam and sent on. So, I mean, that team, I mean, they're super over They're They're kicking mm. ass here. And then you got, um, you got the silly and you got everybody getting in there to like do suplexes on each other. You got like a, a six way suplex. Um, Damo and Mastiff have a face off. So two, two big boys, going at it which i thought was fun but then ultimately zach gibson rolls up chuck mambo for the win so the origin gets the win here um i mean the, the other two guys of the origin are the tag team champions so i'm mm. i'm i'm interested in what that means or if this is just a way to kind of further solidify the origin but yeah it's kind of a way to say no one deserves a tag team shot because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> our guys are the second best and we so uh I actually worked out the legal people were Big Damo and Earl oh. Black Jr. Because it, they do legal tags for about 90% of the match. And then that right. last little bit, all falls apart. No one's tagging in and out. Referees just pinning it, counting any pin. It's kind of like your typical PWG indie opener. It's Lucha Rules, I think. I think is the thing. <laughs> Um, if you just look at a guy, it counts as a tag. I think is how it works. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, good match. Kind of a bizarre aftermath here. So I guess so. The origin win, they walk away, and then it cuts back to the ring, and Damo and Coffee are just beating beating down everybody. So I could tell there was like a heel turn. The crowd seemed kind of confused. Um, 
I don't know. I guess if they go eventually join the origin, it seems like a heel turn. But uh, I don't know. What do you think of that that post match beatdown? Yeah, because the first day attack the heel team, Earl Black Jr. and uh, Daryl right. Allen, so that gets some some cheers. But then of course they attack Chuck Mambo and uh, William Eva afterwards, which gets some the booze. Uh, I guess it's a way to say that these guys are going to be dominant, and of course they haven't introduced the Atlas yet, but you can still now see they're building a heavyweight division almost with with the introduction of Damo mm-hmm. and uh yeah Joe Coffey right so um but we get a little something different in this next match we got Bubblegum versus Jack Sexsmith this is one of those matches where if I was watching and somebody walked by while I was watching I would have no excuse I mean, it is, this is just, I mean, progress has had its fair share of comedy up to this point, but this is just, I, this is DDT. This is, yeah, this is, that's well, so that when the little spot with like Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi and the whole, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it made me almost like bubble gum because I, I, I'm not a big bubble gum guy, but Jack Sexsmith was so obnoxious. I was like, oh, God. God, for the love of God, just kill this guy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, how, I mean, how would you describe this match, Andy? Uh, this was for the drunken revelers that would attend progress <laughs> on a regular basis. This uh-huh. was for the over 18 crowd of uh, I would pro say so. wrestling. And it's it's yeah, it's definitely not for me. Jack Sex Smith, he is he was just a gimmick and nothing else. He wasn't even particularly a great wrestler. Bubblegum at least had the fact that he was a good wrestler, a very experienced wrestler. Mm-hmm. But I mean, is it no surprise in what came out about both of these competitors? <laughs> and that's like knowing that while watching this match makes it kind of <laughs> hard to watch because yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, if you're not familiar with Jack Sexsmith, anybody listening, he comes out with a gimp, not a limp, a gimp. So uh, some leather bound person on a leash and uh, he comes out with them. And then Jack has this can of whipped cream that he's waving around phallically, just squirting it into people's mouths. You know, they say no, but he still does it. Mm. <clears throat> Um, and, uh, so he shoots whipped cream into an old lady. It's a whole thing. Um, he does Mr. Socko, but it's with a bloody condom. So it's Mr. Coco. It's, yep. uh, and yep. <laughs> uh, I guess, well, I guess, right. Uh, what's it? Uh, who's that guy? Uh, Finn Balor's old partner in new Japan. He always gets his ass out. And I guess it's like that. He's just somebody, but to sit on crowd people, well, that was a lot. Go- yeah. Yeah, that was because he had uh, bubblegum does a sunset flip on the Jack and pulls his tights down. And of course, Jack isn't going to pull his tights up because why would he? He's going <laughs> to wet us wasting time. Right. Um, and like you said, he gets like knocked to the outside at some point And then Jack's is rubbing his ass all over the people in the crowd. They seem to like it. But uh, yeah, it, it was. That was Although the fans do eventually chant for him to pull his pants up. Yeah. After like eight minutes of it it's like okay i'm i'm tired of looking at your ass but it's a gimmick i guess yeah <laughs> but, uh do you want do, uh, do i need to clarify for the american audience what a rent boy is has that been discussed before on your i'm vaguely familiar but please explain to me and anybody else who's uh, well, a rent boy typically started in the chelsea area but it was a uh, male prostitute so that's what they call right. rent boys and when he makes the joke about adam johnson being the gimp adam johnson is a footballer who had a relationship with a younger girl who shouldn't have and had to go to jail for it so uh, they would. Uh, that's why those were the chance at points. <laughs> sort of just for the fans out there that did watch it, may not know what was going on, what was like, yeah. the understanding behind it. Yeah, that's the understanding behind it. This is not a great gimmick. I was Bubblegum the baby face. So they're in Manchester, but Bubblegum is from the blue side of Manchester, <laughs> Manchester uh, City. 
What is so is it where is that in relation to this venue or does it matter? It doesn't really matter. Most oh, yeah. Manchester fans don't even come from Manchester these days, so <laughs> 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 it's uh no it's not quite a side or division it's uh to do with the football clubs man city and man united the reds and the blues uh who for you know almost almost 100 years been competing against each other right right um but yeah it's to call this a wrestling match i think would be too uh generous yeah. but uh <laughs> Lots of shenanigans. Uh, I mean, the, the asses and dicks and Boston crabs. I mean, it, you, this match has it all. Let it, me tell you. It's ya. for the drunken fans. And I think some of the fans enjoy this type of thing. And if, they, if that is what they enjoy, all fair play to them. Not my cup of tea. I can't say it's mine either. But <laughs> uh, the finish comes when, uh, so Jack Sexsmith, uh, or I'm sorry, Bubblegum sticks his hand in his tights, as he often does. Uh, rubs his hand all over his dick and balls, I'm assuming, uh, goes to stick his fingers in Jack Sexsmith's mouth. But Jack, he, he bamboozles him because he wants it. So he shoves Bubblegum's fingers in his mouth and this throws off Bubblegum and then allows. Uh, I don't even know what happens after that, but that's the thing that happened. Uh, Bubblegum counters a stink face from Jack Sexsmith and then hits an enziguri, an X-Plex. And then eventually, Mr. Kako comes out, as you mentioned, from Jack Sexsmith, which, like you said, is a, uh, a condom around his hand. But a super kick blocks it from Bubblegum. And then he hits the ice cream headache, which looked just like a pedigree to me, uh, for the win. So Bubblegum gets the win. And uh, I came out being very thankful for Bubblegum for uh, ending this. So <laughs> if that was their goal, they met it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I was, it, it was. It was also. It did even go longer than it needed to as well. And that, I think that was another bigger problem. It was an open yeah. match that didn't wasn't needed in the first place, and then it goes on for longer than it's needed. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But the raunchiness it keeps continuing here with uh, the South Pacific Power Couple, the team of Dahlia Black and T.K. Cooper. Versus Flash Morgan Webster and Pollyanna. So this is uh, this is actually the first mixed tag match in progress history. Only like the third or fourth women's match ever on the proper chapters. So the women's division is still very new. They're still kind of building people and building rivalries and stuff like that. And that's pretty much the story here. It feels like this was kind of a way to kind of further introduce uh the team of dahlia and tk who i guess are married in real life i don't know if they were at this point i know they are now oh are they actually married i i could have sworn i read something that that's uh, uh something that's not true because I, I i look i had to look no, up because eventually dahlia black just seems to fall off the uh the earth uh, i can't remember when yeah. it happens but uh, i think it's maybe 2019 just completely so I, yeah i was researching this because uh and Pollyanna and Dahlia Black both retire within like two years of this, which is mm. very interesting because um, it seems like they're just getting started here. But I know there was some a whole like uh, controversy with like Will Ospreay potentially blackballing uh, Pollyanna. I don't know. I don't know the full story behind that. But Polly, yeah, Pollyanna hasn't been seen since like 2018 and same with Dahlia Black. So. I don't know if you have any further like information on that or what, but no, it, it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, it's a terrible case of something happened. Will Ospreay stuck up for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Whether Will right. Ospreay truly had the power to blackball her. I'm not sure about whether promoters just looked at the whole situation and when it's a difficult one. Like, you know, I know Will Ospreay was popular, but I can't. Don't feel like he would have that much influence, you know, mm-hmm. two years down the line from what he is, you know, where he is whilst we're watching. You know, he's yeah. not the Will Ospreay he is now. Now, I'm sure if he said anything, it would happen. If he told Rev Pro UK, I want this person done with, I'm pretty sure we'd see him done with. Yeah, it's probably a combination of maybe a little bit of that, but also the fact that Pollyanna, I know she was involved in speaking out and yeah, had ac- Very accusations. Yeah. yeah, she spoke out long before speaking out. And uh, right. 
the way some promotion I don't want to talk about which promotions did treated her, it was quite unfairly. I'll put it that way. Pollyanne didn't deserve to get what she got. Uh, yeah. She was a very talented wrestler. Yeah, she was very good. And it's unfortunate maybe that that just killed her drive and to mm. be to, to continue wrestling in the UK scene. And maybe that's kind of why she fell off. Um, but yeah, she's really good. Crowd loves her. And um, it's a shame. I mean, maybe she'll still come back eventually, but who knows? Yeah, she was the coach. She was the female coach over at the Projo at this time. So you could, right. They had so much faith in her. This was a great match, though. If, you know, to, to forget about everything else, this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Dahlia watched limited to what she could do, did very well, and uh, never absolutely didn't look out of place. Uh, she was protected well by TK Cooper and Pollyanna. Just mm-hmm. a great, and uh, just seeing Flash so young and uh, again such a talented, you can see why both of these guys are so talented now. Mm-hmm. And TK Cooper, especially one of the most underrated wrestlers in the UK right now, he could be a main event talent, I think. Really, yeah, because I'm not super familiar with TK. Um, mm-hmm. I've only seen a few, he's only been on a few chapters, and a lot of them he was just kind of the second to Dahlia Black, so um, but I believe it. Flash Morgan Webster, I agree. I, I feel like here he comes off like a star. And it's it's it's. I don't know why that didn't really translate to NXT UK or anything like that. But super tal- talented guy. He only gets better from this point. But I agree. This match, I didn't really have much expectations for this match. But this is probably one of my favorite matches on the card. I mean, I thought it was really fun. A, real, a lot of really great false finishes. They made good use of like, you know, the tag team partners making saves and during certain pins and I thought TK Cooper came off like a dickhead in this match, which I guess was the idea. Um, I mean, he spends a lot of this. I mean, it's it's mixed tag, but I mean, the guys and the girls can fight each other. So T- mm. TK is just giving it to Pollyanna here. Um, and of course, the kiss tags. Can't forget about the kiss tags. You're a fan of the kiss tags? <laughs> uh, it's not in the rule book as far as, but there's no rule against it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, they probably didn't think to add that amendment into it. But uh, I guess it's, it's contact. So as far as I'm concerned, it's fine. Yeah, they, they, they kiss each other. They tag each other in, which I thought was pretty creative. But of course, they come out. They're all the making out and they're just obnoxious is what their their deal is here, which I thought was funny. I love the name as well. The South Pacific Power Couple. It just mm-hmm. just works from New Zealand. Both Both of them are New Zealand, right? Mm, yeah, came over to train at the Air uh, Progress Brojo. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, TK and Dahlia, they double team on Pollyanna for a lot of this match. And they go for a double senton bomb, but it misses. And this allows uh, Pollyanna to make the hot tag to Flash Morgan Webster. And he's flying all over the place with dives and standing shooting star presses and just getting the crowd hot, and then Pollyanna is able to hit the pollinator onto Dahlia for a two-count um, within the South Pacific power couple. They fight back with some uh, some unique double-team moves here. You got um, TK has, I believe, his Polly up on his shoulders, and then Dahlia comes up with a double stomp onto her back, and then he hits like an attitude adjustment type of move. And uh, But Flash makes the save on the pin, but then the couple... Then does like a power slam backstabber combo on the poly for a two count. Um, Dahlia able is able to hit a, a poison Rana on the flash Morgan Webster. So you got this. This is nonstop action. This match um, ultimately. Uh, well, TK goes for a. Sh- I guess he has he has this like chain. He wraps around his fist, goes to hit Polly with it, but she uh, ducks and hits. Goes for the pollinator, which is like a an angel's wings face buster type of move. Uh, but Dahlia stops it and then uh, but ultimately Flash hits a knee in the corner to uh, TK Cooper and then goes to the top rope and commentary is like, oh, he's going for his 450 splash because that's typically what he does. But he adds a little more rotation to it and hits a 630 splash onto TK and that gives them the win. So uh, fun finish and uh, yeah, fun match. 
Not to be pedantic again, but it was uh, Dahlia Black and TK Cooper who were the legal people. I mean, Dahlia Black and <laughs> Flash were the legal people at this point because, again, it just breaks down and uh, it, your typical yeah. independent wrestling, everything, the rules matter up until the last five minutes. Rules go out the window. It's really fun. And as you say, it created so many false finishes that at one point I'm like, Oh, it's going a bit too long, but then you just get back into it again, and then suddenly yeah. it's it's it, as I say, TK and Flash so talented. Uh, it was Flash's injury that held him back at NXT UK, and TK yeah. Cooper uh, right now are the Progress Tag Team Champions. They are the current Progress Tag Team Champions. Chuck Mambo, uh, TK Cooper, the Sunshine Machine. Uh, and now hold the record for the longest reign and most defenses for the uh, titles. Well, look at that. So TK uh, Cooper found a found a new power couple. Is what you're yes. telling me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do commentary added like another element to this because so Flash hit the six thirty, and this is the first time he hits the six thirty in progress. So they kind of it was like a testament to like flash kind of like upping his game and like re- revitalizing his career because he's, he's coming off of a loss for the progress title. He just, it was a triple threat between him, Will Ospreay and Zach Gibson. So this is kind of like reboosting his career, I guess. So I like that storytelling element of this as well, but yeah. Um, but uh, after that, I think this is a match that like compensates for the Jack sex Smith match earlier. So we got Timothy Thatcher this versus, is when get, things get serious. Yeah. <laughs> no knee pads. Don't need them. Jack Gallagher versus Timothy Thatcher. And anybody, if you're listening to this and you know these guys, this match is pretty much exactly what you would expect. It was just uh, gritty, very MMA influenced, very influenced by the classic, you know, British catch wrestling. It was just a lot of submissions in this one, uh, a lot of, you know, transitions and counters. Uh, I think like the, one of the only like big power moves here was a German suplex from Jack that sent Thatcher like right on his head. And that led to the finish, which was uh, Jack Gallagher rolling up G- uh, Timothy Thatcher into a King Crab submission. Very Lance Storm-esque how he got into it, which is very smooth. But uh, yeah, uh, fun, fun match and a, a, a very welcome uh, change of pace here. Yeah, if you, this is a grappler's wet dream match. This was just two guys who just excel in so many different aspects of, you know, wrestling and, you know, forget Jack's complicated past. It, every trainee, every young wrestler should actually go out of their way and watch this match because it really is just that brilliant. Uh, I do believe uh, Thatcher got a gut wrench suplex, uh, Suplex City, he hits it three times in a row, which was uh, fantastic. Right. Uh, but I love the way how Jack had to compensate at the beginning because he realized Thatcher was stronger. So he took the straight, took his leg, took the mat, took it to the ground, to the mat, and uh, it's just a great match. Yeah, yeah. Jack pretty much attacked the leg of Thatcher mm-hmm. throughout the entire match, and then Thatcher attacked uh, Jack's arm. So easy story simple um and just a, just a fun match um yeah jack i wish just i wish man I, there's a lot of people in this card i was like god i wish you just weren't an asshole because i love watching <laughs> you wrestle Absolutely. the main event we see a guy like that too and so it's like but well we can go back and enjoy it in hindsight i guess um and, you know he is a phenomenal uh wrestler and uh i think he's bare knuckle boxing these days and he got a little weird, got all the up. tattoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very very Connor McGregor esque. Uh yeah, yeah. He's still doing like the MMA star. I guess it's just bare mm. knuckle. Yeah. Is it does he just like go under a bridge and f- fight people for money? Is that what he does? Yeah, William Regal style. Back right. in the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh that brings us to the second half of the show. And we're k- kicking that off with uh Rampage Brown. Versus Mikey Whiplash. So uh, Michael Gilbert has appeared on a few progress chapters, but this is the debut of Mikey Whiplash, who uh, I was like vaguely familiar with this character, but I wasn't exactly expecting thigh highs from this guy. (laughs) Um, Care to explain the Mikey Whiplash character? 
I have, uh, I, I, I can't, I believe it's something to do with the uh, Sumerian Death Squad. I think when he goes over to like wrestling in Holland or whatnot, he's part of a faction maybe. Uh, yeah. And I just guess he had a fetish for uh, fire highs and... <laughs> Uh, I it's all right. I guess it's it's emo witchcraftian. He had a lot going. He had the face paint. He had like the uh, I don't know what you call it. It's kind of like the thing that Karrion Cross used to wear, like the flap in front of his tights. Um, no knee pads, just shitty little boots and thigh highs, <laughs> and the face paint. And he comes out in a mask with horns on it. It's a lot going on. Um, I guess it was interesting <laughs> to watch. He's a good wrestler, that's for sure. Mm, yeah, great wrestler, and uh, this was a great match. And this was the this provided the big men slapping meat match. That, uh, I would say so. Been lacking a bit of a heavyweight contest, and it, it kind of had the stages. At first, it was wrestling like rampage, and then they went technical. Then they went outside, then they brawled, then they smashed each other into the chairs and into the walls. Then mm -hmm. Mikey Whiplash works the leg. Then they go back to the power moves and then Rampage. That transition to the pile driver was brilliant. Ooh. It was like, um, so Whiplash was on the apron and then he goes, goes for like a shoulder block through the second and third rope. But Rampage catches him, pulls him into the ring and one fluid motion hits a pile driver. And that gives Rampage the win. So uh, Rampage gets the win here. Great sell from Whiplash as well. Oh, man. Just bounced him like uh, RVD taking a pile driver yeah. from Tommy Dreamer. It was beautiful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like like all the outside, you know, brawling stuff. Uh, sometimes I can get a little like mindless, but I thought this was very there was a lot of intent behind it. When Mikey Whiplash, he like saw that Rampage's leg was hurt. So he's taking him and he's like putting his leg on the, the steps leading up to the ramp and stomping on it. Does a, a figure, the Bret Hart style figure four around the ring post. So really, really cool looking offense from from the guy in thigh highs for some reason. But <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty brutal match, but a, a good uh, bit of just classical wrestling in this. And it sh should be noted that Mikey Whiplash hasn't been seen since his street fight with Laguero at chapter 16 so like over a year ago and this is when he was michael gilbert so i don't know if that loss like sent him into a spiral and that's that's why he's wearing thigh highs and face pain but in my so head, i think in between his appearances as michael gilbert there's a download show that uh probably something because you're just doing the main chapters you wouldn't have seen mm -hmm. but apparently he actually uh takes on and defeats jimmy havoc whilst jimmy havoc was a champion oh, now wow. coming to play that. in a couple of chapters okay yeah the, like the download festival like i i, gla I glazed through them a little bit i didn't do a full-on mm. watch of it but uh, yeah they did mention that on commentary that he popped up during one of those festivals so they just had a bunch of hardcore people come in and beat the crap out of jimmy havoc <laughs> for both, i mean for both nights i think one of them was rsp and the other one was uh Rick, uh, Rick Payne, and the other one was whiplash <laughs> that'll always satisfy the crowd can't go wrong Mm. Um, but yeah, fun match. And I did, I, I peeked at the next chapter. Um, and the world title is going to be defended in a Thunder Bastard match, which is like what, eight or nine people or something. Um, Rampage is in it. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster, who won a match earlier, is in it. So a lot of this card kind of, I guess, building people up for that. So mm. I, th I thought it was interesting how they did that. But uh, after that, we got Tommy End of the Sumerian Death Squad. Versus James Davis of the London Riots. So we're in the midst of uh, the feud between the uh, SDS and the London Riots. The Sumerian Death Squad, They, I guess the idea was that they turned heel, which was uh, a few chapters ago. They, they were in a match with the Riots and they just got themselves intentionally DQ'd and they just beat down the Riots with chairs and sent... Um, I think it was Rob Lynch, like they powerbombed him like on his neck and then powerbombed James Davis on some chairs, a pretty brutal beatdown. And I think the idea was for them to be the heels and for the riots to be the babyface. But you wouldn't know it if you were turning this on <laughs> because they were you can't boo Tommy End. I mean, the presentation of this guy is awesome. It's 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 impossible to hate him. What do you think of his presentation here? 
Tommy End is the best Alistair Black, Malachi Black. Uh, I, I yep. you know, the, this anti-hero rather than a goth or you know, anti You don't need the magical, the spooky shit. You don't need that. You just have the guy come yes. out in a vest and tattoos and be a badass. Because mm, this was a fight. This was just a scrap. Again, something different than what you've seen mm-hmm. right before. This was just people wanting to beat the crap out of each other. Uh, I think we saw the gulf in difference in uh, ability, though. Um, oh, yeah. With, yeah, with Black just being, yeah, just far better than Davis, who was mm-hmm. best in a tag team with, alongside Lynch. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty foregone conclusion, at least to me, that yes. <laughs> Tom Yen was going to win here, especially because uh, Rob Lynch beat Michael Dante at mm. the last chapter, and they're doing the whole deal where, so they have the two tag teams, and there's two singles match between each person, and whoever wins each match gets to pick a stipulation of their chapter 27 match. So Rob Lynch won against Michael Dante at the last chapter, and they chose uh, TLC as a stipulation. So this match is to determine the second stipulation, as if you need another one. Um, but it turned out that it actually adds added a lot. But um, but yeah, I agree. Great match. James as Davis gets his lips busted open, probably from a knee or something. I mean, uh, all the kicks and the knees. I mean, if you know who Aleister Black, Malachi Black is, I mean, you're you're getting all of the the stuff that you want from this guy. I mean, all the pump knees, the the double stomps. It was just a, a brutal match. And James Davis, I think he hung in there as, like you said, he's a tag team guy. But I think uh, the match was still very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, I mean, Davis, he busted out at like a, a Finley roll into a top rope moonsault into a sit out power bomb for a two count. So that, that was a really uh, good false finish, I thought. Um and there's there's one point where because Davis is his lips busted open and he's staring down Tom Yen and he just spits his blood in his face. It was just some cool shit in this match. I mean, a couple black masses from Tommy End here. It's not really like his finisher at this no. point, which is kind of jarring to see because like Tommy will hit him with a black mass kick and then James Davis just like gives him a middle finger and then he like does more offense after that. Um, but the finish comes after like the third black mass kick. Followed by uh, a new submission, I guess, that Tommy End is debuting here. It's like an octopus stretch kind of deal. Looks pretty sick, but uh, that makes James Davis submit. So Tommy End gets the win here. I, I, I was expecting him to win, but not in that way. Mm. Um, what do you think of the finish of this one? Dominant finish. Uh, uh, yeah. Anytime you make your opponent tap out, submit. And it's a, it's a type of submission where you have to say, I quit. You can't actually tap out by the way it's locked in. So, mm-hmm. it, as I say, it just kind of emphasized the golfing class. But they even mentioned it on commentary, the fact that Tommy End is now a big-time single superstar, two-time winner of the 16-karat uh, gold Evolve mm-hmm. uh, matches. And he was just so good. And... uh yeah, I mean, I've seen a handful of his stuff from WXW and like the 16 karat golds and stuff like that. He, he just comes off like such a monster when he's allowed to do when he's allowed to be so. Mm-hmm. And uh, it comes off like that in this match here. But uh, so Tommy gets the win. So he gets the opportunity to add a stipulation to their tag team match at the next chapter. And not only is it going to be TLC, but the losing team can never team again and progress so that's a stipulation he adds which i thought was i mean the riots i mean you don't have to spoil it for me but mm. i can't imagine the riots losing this and it just makes sense for tommy and to kind of have an avenue to go and be a singles guy yeah so. we can see the direction things are going even before i something's always kind of a little obvious and mm. this is kind of one of them especially since you know he's already main event in elsewhere Right. Yeah. So it's I always wondered what happened to Michael Dante, but I guess this is it. I mean, they split up and then he just he's still wrestling in pro wrestling Holland on a regular uh, uh, thing and uh, doesn't get outside of Holland. I see much or if he's doing it is with smaller promotions across Europe. Uh, I see he's very active still with pro wrestling Holland. 
It's good. I, mean, I do like Michael Dante. It's just yeah. uh, Tom, Tommy Yen just came off like the star in that pair. So uh, it's about to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, but uh, fun stuff there. But that brings us to the main event of Chapter 26. We got the progress title on the line. We got the new champion, Marty Skrull, defending against Mark Haskins. So, um, I mean, has I love Mark Haskins. I mean, he's he's become my favorite, like in this era, for sure. And uh, Haskins is coming off. He's like on a four match winning streak. I believe they said he's got wins over Champa, uh, Zach Gibson, Paul Robinson, Bubblegum. So Haskins has been built very well for this match. Mm. And of course, Marty's on, on a win streak of his own. And he uh, just beat Will Ospreay at the last chapter to uh, claim the progress title. Um Really, really fun match. I mean, I thought, yeah. you know, they kept the shenanigans to a minimum, which was good to see because in, in the match that Marty won the title, there was handcuffs. There were, I don't know, probably screwdrivers and shit. like there was a, a ton of stuff happening. There was like a pile of umbrellas, but only one umbrella in this match. But otherwise, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty straightforward, just a really good wrestling mm. match between two guys that seemed to have really good chemistry. Um, I don't know. What do you think of this one? Yeah, this was a great match, see, because I was gutted. The last show you had uh, my co-host on was the Will Ospreay-Mark Haskins match, and that mm. was so good. Yeah. Uh, this, why not quite as good, this was still absolutely amazing, too. Great wrestlers. Uh, again, if you're a young wrestler, young trainee, you need to be watching matches like these, especially for the transitions to reversals. There's no wasted movement. There's no wasted motion. Everything's impactful. Everything mattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, they was trying to so hard turn Marty's girl into the next Jimmy Havoc for progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem being was the fans respected how good of a wrestler Skull was that he could never achieve the heat, no matter what he tried to do to achieve heat, he could never get the heat that Havoc could achieve. Yeah, I mean, Havoc was trying to behead people in the middle of the <laughs> ring, so it's hard to match that heat Yeah, <laughs> by hitting somebody with an umbrella. So it maybe it's just a, un, you know, you can't match that. But um, that is kind of the vibe that I get that Marty Skrull is trying to like that. It's their new heel, but yeah. it, it isn't as I mean, his matches are probably better than Jimmy Havoc's. And I, I love Marty Skrull as a wrestler for sure. And his character is, has a lot of value in its own right. But yeah, it definitely, it seems like it, it just doesn't have the heat, at least so far that Jimmy Havoc mm. did. Um, but still, you know, he comes off like a champion. I mean, coming out, we're, we're full villain mode. It took a while to transition into it, but he's got the fur coat, the umbrella, the glasses. I mean, he's all in it. No more party Marty for, uh, for progress. So, um, and then Mark Haskins, just a, a straight up. I mean, they're kind of similar styles, really. So I think that's probably mm. why they, they work so well together. But um, Haskins, his transitions. I mean, because you got Marty Skrull, who his thing's the chicken wing. And he's, he's like relentless about it, like the entire match. He wants the chicken wing. But Mark Haskins is so like apt in like the submission game and jujitsu. So it's just all, all like those transitions into arm bars and like like Skrull will go for like a power bomb and then Haskins will counter into a triangle choke. So things like that. Um, God, the way Haskins does that roll into the sharpshooter. I still don't understand how yeah. he does it, but it looks so smooth every time. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> when he had his ROH run and he started using that as his finisher as well. And he just seemed mm-hmm. to be getting momentum. In fact, he's actually Owen ROH championship match. Tony Khan. There we go. Let's get the yeah. word out there. He was a number one contender before, uh, uh, I think Rush was the champion at the time when he, but uh, yeah, so he's he's on a title shot. Bring him, let him have it again at Wembley. That would be amazing. Ooh. Mark Haskins versus uh, Claudio. Claudio. That, that would yeah. be such a good match as well. See, you're just getting my hopes up for things that aren't going to happen. Sorry, and I don't I, it won't, of course it won't happen, but uh, oh my God. Yeah, uh, Haskins, uh, were a, you can see the, the injury that he's sporting at the moment in this one, uh, eventually it's going to force him to retire for about two years and then, then make really? a big comeback. Uh, so you can see the starting of that in this match because 
I think it was off the power bomb. He hits his arm quite badly on the injured uh, arm, but uh, the the power bomb against the ring post that he took yeah. in this match. He uh, kind of lands just a little bit awkwardly, and you see the arm and the shoulder just take a really mm. nasty bump. And then, considering it was already hurting before the match, uh, yeah, yeah, he came it's, out in the Kinesio tape. He had he had that tape on too uh, the last chapter, so it's it's obviously a thing that's nagging him. So yeah, and just in the middle of what will eventually become on his best run in his career, and uh, eventually, as I say, he left to uh, give it up. But I'm not going to spoil what. Everything that happens, uh, Haskins is about to have a rise, and uh, it was long overdue. Well, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, but yeah, so really, I mean, fun the, the the counters. I mean, it was just back and forth throughout this entire match. Uh, Skrull goes for a running European uppercut, gets countered into a stretch muffler from Haskins. Who I feel like Haskins is the only guy I've ever seen put on a stretch muffler that doesn't look like shit. Yes. <laughs> it always looks so brutal. Um, I love the X-Plex, which he counters into the armbar as well, where oh. that was yeah. just so bloody good. Both of them just so great. Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's one match that you need to go back and rewatch, anybody listening, it's this one for sure. Mm. Um it gets pretty brutal at some points too. Like you said, the power bomb against the ring post from Marty to Haskins. Um, Marty does his classic like apron super kick where the guy's on the floor and he's on the apron, but does it to the back of Haskins' head. Um, but then uh, towards the end, kind of the ending stretch here, Marty it's a superplex, but Haskins counters into a small package, but he kicks out. Then Marty hits a super kick, pins. Uh, Haskins kicks out, but then Skrull just transitions into a, a cattle mutilation. So a lot of that type of stuff towards the end here. Um, chicken wing uh, attempt by Skrull, uh, but gets countered into a made in Japan from Haskins for a two count. And then some, at this point, Marty's desperate. So he grabs the umbrella, throws it at Haskins. Haskins catches it. He wants... Skrull does. He wants Haskins to hit him with the umbrella because he wants to get DQ'd. Haskins isn't doing it. So Skrull spits in his face. And then uh, Haskins gives him a middle finger. And then Skrull gives him a low blow. Rolls him up. Two count. I bit on that one. I thought that was going to yeah. be a finish. Uh, but the finish comes. It's very Daniel or Brian Danielson-esque with uh, the, the 12 to 6 elbows with the arm trapped. You get the stomps with the wrist uh, clutched. Uh, Haskins is limp at this point. He's just been knocked out. And then uh, Skrull throws on the chicken wing, which is pretty much just a formality at this point. So uh, Haskins passes out and Skrull retains. So, again, great match. And I think this is like the very dominant, not dominant, but it was very like definitive win that uh, Skrull needed to kind of yeah. send his title reign into uh, into more success, I thought. Yeah, because I love the uh, commentator fact about the fact that he has l had lost more championship matches than anybody else from progress. That was just a shitty day. stat to throw out there. Like, what did Marty <laughs> do? Great you? stat. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you do you think back to his like first yeah. chapter? Yep, second chapter. Then he had one against Jimmy Havoc. Then he had at least one against Will Ospreay. Mm -hmm. He was also zero and four against Haskins at this point which I forgot they had had so many matches because they had the um, like with the screw indie wrestling stuff very early on. There was uh, the Thunder Bastard match where they were the final two and they had like another one on one, I think, at some point. So it was bound to get a win at some point, I guess. Absolutely. The uh, if you just cut the first two matches out of this progress show or in fact, <laughs> actually, if you just cut the second match out of this progress show. Yeah. This is a fantastic show, to be honest. If you really, when you think about all the great matches that did go down, still mm -hmm. uh, a transitional period. They didn't have the big stars anymore. They were building new stars. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. they want they they were missing that Jimmy Havoc Will Ospreay rivalry that they've uh, managed to produce a couple of different times with, let's say, Pete Dunne and uh, Travis Banks. And right mm -hmm. now, with Spike Trevay and Cara Noir, uh, if there's anyone that's lived up to Havoc's heel heat, it's Spike Trevay right now at Progress. He's uh, mm -hmm. absolutely excellent. They've got their first cage match coming up this weekend. Uh, wow, really? 
between Coronara and Spike Trevay, and it's the first sold-out progress show since the new owners have taken over. So, uh, big congrats to the new owners of progress. And uh, as I say, it's all because of this rivalry. They haven't even announced a full card yet. Wow. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've seen a handful of Spike Trevay's stuff. I haven't like sat down and watched a match of his. But I've, I've kind of followed their Twitter account and seen stuff that's happened. So it's good that they've, they've found some steam again. Mm. Um, yeah, Marty's trying to... I, I should mention the, the aftermath of this match. So Marty, he's celebrating. He's retained his title. He rolls out of the ring, grabs a chair, and finds Mark Haskins' wife, who's in the crowd. Uh, is she a wrestler, by the way? I don't know if she's ever actually trained. I know she does valet for Mark these days full time. Right. So, in fact, she did a during his RH uh, run as well. And uh, I, I knew she was involved somehow because I was actually looking for Mark Haskins merch, and one of his shirts has him and like a redheaded lady on the shirt. So I assumed that that was her. But I bet somebody not. probably could dig up if she's ever had a match or not. But I'm not a hundred percent sure she has. Um, but, uh, at this point it's just Haskins wife that's in the mm. crowd and Marty Skrull walks out and like stares her down. Jim Smallman keeps him away from her, but Skrull gets back in the ring, wraps the chair around Haskins arm and pilmanizes Mark Haskins stomps on his arm. And, uh, is this, I guess cause he's on the next card. So I guess it's not really writing him off, but, uh, not it's kind yet. of just furthering, yeah, not yet. So it's kind of just furthering that injury that he's he's working with, I guess. Mm. I think they were hoping that this would be their next big rivalry. Uh, but I think due to timings and the fact that Skrull eventually gets pulled off to Japan. Right. Uh, screws up some plans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely seemed like they were setting up for something big here. But uh Good stuff either way, regardless of hindsight. But uh, yeah, I, I would say Chapter 26, definitely a solid show. I mean, this era of progress, you don't really get a lot of misses. Uh, you might get the occasional Mr. Kako, but all in all, I enjoyed this and I enjoyed this one. Any other thoughts on this chapter? Thatcher Jack, uh, Haskins girl, uh, Rampage, Whiplash. They were all just worth it. This makes every part of that show worth it really <laughs> i would agree i would agree i mean there's a lot of tights on this show but not quite enough tea but hey if you're listening and you're into tea and tights i would strongly suggest you go check out the tea and tights wrestling podcast uh yeah. once again andy thank you for making that there you go get you, get you some merch all that stuff we do um, we do need some merch i've got some ideas for some merch and we just need to actually pull a trigger oh is that not something you're selling is that just uh no, no, yeah this is uh this is we like to wear this to the show so people know who we are at least and uh smart good smart. branding for us uh but uh we we do have some ideas and as i say there's some there are some big plans in the works i know we haven't done anything for a couple of weeks but uh, as i say uh, there's some a uh, couple of big things coming next week oh yeah where can everybody find you listen to you all that stuff. Well, it is at Teen Tights Pod. Uh, that is Facebook and Twitter. Uh, our YouTube channel, which we will be launching properly now, uh, and uh, we'll still be part of Bodyslam.net as well on their YouTube YouTube channel and part of the uh, Jonas Podcasting Network over in the UK. And uh, we're on Spotify as well somewhere. Right. No. Uh, uh... And it's the best place for if you want to know what's going on at the British wrestling scene right now, we've got you covered from reviews, previews to the biggest news. All right. All, all the gimp talk <laughs> you can get on the TNT wrestling podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all for right. having me back on, by the way, because uh, I do love uh, watching these old progresses. It is great to go back and uh, check out the history. Absolutely. It seems like I have you guys on every time Haskins gets a title match. So next time that happens, <laughs> I'll be sure to bring you guys back on. Absolutely. Once again, thank you to Andy from the TN Tights podcast for joining me, for hopping across the pond and joining me on this episode. Always a good time with Andy and Big Dick Dan, for that matter, <laughs> from the TN Tights Wrestling Podcast. Uh, great group of guys. Go check them out. Like I said, all their info in the description below. Apron bump. Follow me. Follow the YouTube. Follow my MySpace. Follow my chatterbait. Do it all. Kiss me on the lips. Slap me on the dick and call me a little bitch. <laughs> you know, when people are like, 
hey Kyle, why don't you do? Does anybody you know listen to your podcast? I'm like, no. And they're like, why not? It's because I say stupid shit like that. But <laughs> uh, hi, if you're out there listening, uh, mom. But um, with that, I think that about does it. Um, hope everybody has a has a lovely day, lovely evening, lovely morning, perhaps if you're listening. I think those are the options. So um, yeah. No, you hang up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Love you all. I'm hard.